0: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today we return to the stars and trek towards the next generation, so set phasers to sub, step into the holodeck, engage engines at full impulse. That's a big 10 4 on a trip to 10 forward when we talk Star Trek, the next generation on Normies Like Us.
1: These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. I'm an android. Lieutenant Commander Data. I am not a married man. Yeah, well, I told the captain I'd have this analysis done in an hour. No, you can't. Don't even try. Sir, I know this man finish me as an acting
0: ensign. But shut up, Wesley. Hey, old bad boys. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. As we said before, we're kind of revisiting Star Trek, but taking a more zoomed in look at the next generation, which, for my money, this is your host, Mike, is my favorite series. I'm also joined by Normies Like Us hosts. Joe. Uh, this is Jacob, and today we have actually a very special guest. This is our friend Adam. Why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Hey, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm a uh, new fan of the podcast. Uh, a longer time friend of you fellers. Uh, good to see you, Joe. Heyo. Haven't talked to you in a good long time. Good to see time. you, man. But I've been following you from afar. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you,
0: fellow uh, fellow fireside boy. You got your own podcast going on as well. I've listened to some episodes of that. It's very fun. Reading heathens, everybody.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, I just saw how well you guys were doing everything and decided to steal as much as I could and stand on the <laughs> shoulders of giants.
0: Am I right? Absolutely. So Adam is a good friend. Uh, a very, very cool guy. He actually put me on to some uh, awesome games lately. Ion Fury and Project Warlock that I've been playing just to get a quick watch. But He has good taste is the point, point. he's actually just been getting into Star Trek, kind of some fresh eyes on it. And then from the first time we recorded, which this is almost 50 episodes since uh, we did the original Star Trek, kind of, we've dove in a lot deeper. I know Joe was getting into it. Now Jacob has really been steamrolling through the series. So we're excited to kind of look back at uh, the next generation more zoomed in than we did on uh, our original meandering journey. Our first episode is probably a lot more like Voyager.
3: (laughs) Yeah, 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 when you... Uh, when you did your first episode I actually really wasn't a fan of Star Trek at that point or I hadn't been watching it um and s- since then I've watched you know a lot of TNG a lot of DS9 and even some Voyager so you know now I can actually talk with some expertise about the subject so
2: good to be on Well I cannot talk with expertise yet but I am enjoying myself thoroughly I uh I grew up in a time where I thought that it was either Star Wars or Star Trek mm. and uh, didn't like people making fun of me for uh, not being smart enough to handle Star Trek. So I just kind of <laughs> stayed away. Uh, I did. I was a big fan of phasers. I always wanted to get my hands on one of those things. And uh, my my older friend, Rob, who was a super cool guy, had an Enterprise uh, model in his closet that I just coveted extremely. Mm. So I'm Finally, a recruit.
0: I like that he kept his Enterprise model in his closet. <laughs> well, it was no one, one of those
2: know. cool closets, you know? It was yeah. like Rob probably had, you know, like cool vans and like his room probably looked like he was a skater and then he opened up the nerd closet and that's uh, when he got my respect. Nice. Well, you, the are right nerd about the, uh,
3: you are right about having the Star Wars versus Star Trek. That was a real thing when we were kids, right? And I was also a Star Trek kid, didn't earn Star Star Wars Wars kid, didn't watch Star Trek as a kid really, but it it was, I did go to my grandpa's house and he would be watching, uh, TNG like reruns or something. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgic memories of just like, you know, napping on the couch while, while he's watching TNG and it's kind of a a familiar sound in the background, almost like white noise, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good idea. Let me ask you, Joe, then, too, because it just bring us in, like, when was our entry point? Because you saw the Enterprise, Adam. I'm going to ask Joe and then throw it to you. You know, let's refresh the listeners on when did you kind of jump back in or jump into Star War- Star Trek?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the same thing growing up. It was the wars of the Trek, right? I was a, a wars kid, a Han Solo fan, uh, never really got into it. And then I think I, I think I said this in the original episode, I was cleaning my room one day, uh, my first couple years out here, threw it on in the background and just got hooked. And I think when we did the original episode, I had seen all of TNG and was just, like, getting into DS9. Since then, I've done all of the, the next-generation era shows and Enterprise. Uh, the only one I haven't watched anything of other than, like, clips is the original series because I just kind of feel like I know it already, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like I necessarily need it. I kind of—it's I kind of, it's, it's so in the zeitgeist already, you just don't really need to watch all of it.
3: Yeah. And it's so old. It's kind of like, you know, they've made, some things about it might not hold up as well as some of these other shows.
0: That's a cultural artifact. I think if you like Star Trek, it is worth revisiting at some point going through those episodes. Uh, Adam, so what's your your entry point into Star Trek and specifically TNG? And yeah, I do know uh, that you're a big Star Wars guy outside. So maybe uh, when Episode nine comes out, who knows? You know, we might have another uh, a chance to chat with you about uh, the wars. But now we're trekking it up.
2: Oh, well, you you know I'd love that. But uh, one of the first things that intrigued me, actually, is I was at Star Wars Celebration Europe for the 30th uh, anniversary Star Wars convention, and I noticed there were some uh, people in Starfleet uniforms, and they were getting along well with everybody, and I was like, oh, right, that's uh, just been hyped up by the internet. People are people. <laughs> uh, and I also had, you know, my, my dad's friends love Star Trek. Uh, but for me, the first time I watched any was looking to the original series just out of curiosity. Like, what is a show this old and sci-fi like? So I watched a few episodes, but it was a long time ago. My memory is awful. And I can't remember what pulled me into The, the Next Generation. I think it was actually Netflix doing its little marketing trick where you highlight, you know, the title card and it just starts playing a clip. Right. Uh, yeah. They, it just gives they, they you that absolutely little tease. got me. I hate yeah, that when they,
3: they do that. always freaks me out. <laughs> I didn't click that.
2: Well, I uh, I was pulled in, and I've just been flying through episodes. My my girlfriend and I are, I think, 17 episodes in, which is a pretty rapid pace for us. We've been watching one or two a night since I started. And, uh, man, just such a warm feeling so far. Everything's—it uh, blew my mind when I realized it was 1987. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. couldn't even wrap my head around that. Yeah, um, I think I that's sense.
1: one of the things that makes it so special is you you watch it and it feels so modern, and then you see the release date and it's like, yeah, that's 1987, man, and they were doing all of this. I mean, even the effects look great.
0: I think yeah. that's true too. Is like, uh, especially with things going on in the world now, it's refreshing to see a show where like people are communicating well and like getting along, and they all have different backgrounds. There's something about it that's very calming, especially TNG. Uh, TOS has a lot more like. Flash Gordon action, like weirdness to it. But TNG just has this, this tone that's just, it's, it's hypnotic almost.
1: That's kind of like Adam's experience at Star Wars Celebration, right? I mean, he saw guys in Star Fleet uniforms getting along with smugglers. That's how it happened. So, uh,
2: go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, that's kind of exactly what it was, is we, we watch a lot of news shows, comedy or not. And uh, it was really refreshing to see a vision of humanity like trying to do its best. Um, it's uh, very calming.
3: It is. Yeah. It is nice. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say how how I got into Star Trek recently yep. too, because uh, I didn't. Yeah, like I didn't really watch these when I was a kid or in high school or anything like that. It always seemed a little like TNG. I would maybe catch an episode as a rerun or something. And it, it, I don't know. It seemed a little dry to me. Like maybe I wouldn't, wouldn't hold my attention or something like that when I was younger. Uh, but then when I started watching it recently, uh, Bas- well, basically what happened was it was a recommendation of, of you guys, Joe and Mike, uh, who were both watching it at the time and, and You're recommending welcome. it to me. Yeah. And so I started on TNG and I just got really hooked, like basically like Adam, I just got into it. And I was like, wow, these are this is way better than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. And you've been really kind of into Deep Space Nine, which, you know, kind of yeah. overlaps. And we'll probably end up doing that down the road because there's so much meat on the Star Trek bone. Um,
3: yeah. So when I... So I started watching TNG, and I was basically because. So TNG is very episodic, whereas. DS9, you really have to watch them in order because it's Whole got continuing storylines. Yeah, so when I started on TNG, I was skipping around all over the place because I watched some season one episodes, didn't really get that into it, and then I watched some later episodes, I was like, oh, these are a little better, and then, so basically there was like a guide I was looking at online of like, these are the must-watch episodes of TNG, so I, I started watching those ones first so I could really get the best episodes for whatever reason I felt like that's how I wanted to watch it. Um, so I have seen most of the show Um, i haven't seen most of like season six and seven i still need to watch the ending but i skipped around and i've watched most of the what are considered the best episodes and i've seen a lot of other episodes as well so
0: yeah and just to kind of explain quickly so the way people describe because there is an overlap is tng is the wagon train and ds9 is the old dusty, you know, gunslinger town, like you know, in, in a western yeah. allegory. So we'll get to there one day, but right now we're talking well, yeah. Uh, TNG. Yeah, and
3: so 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 TNG, I was watching that, and then from there I was like, oh, this is fun. I want to check out DS9. Watch the pilot of DS9 got interested in that. And then I started watching that and I got super hooked on that even more than TNG. So like when we were talking about what we should do on this episode, I was all, I was actually lobbying for DS9 cause it's my personal favorite, but I also really enjoy TNG. Um, and I think it's interesting to talk about the differences between them. Um, but yeah, DS9, I got super hooked. Um, and I finished that whole show except for the second half of season seven, which I'm kind of holding off cause I don't want it to be over you know but uh tng also good
0: yep so um before we just kind of dive into the history and then we're just going to have a general conversation listeners about uh tng what we like i want to ask uh, adam specifically because you're just now getting your feet wet with this um there's certain kind of trek isms and I, I was wondering if you're familiar with any of these so i'm going to throw throw a couple out there uh first Trekism: are you familiar with the picard maneuver
2: Uh, I'm not familiar with the Picard maneuver. If I had to take a, can I take a guess? Yes. Take a guess. Is that where he actually factors other people's opinions into things? (laughs) You're (laughs) thinking
0: too deeply. It's when he stands up and straightens his shirt.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Have you seen that? His little late night,
0: uh, routine kind of uh, He just straightens it out. And then there's the Riker maneuver, right? Yes. Have you heard of the Riker maneuver? Have you witnessed it? Is that when he leans onto someone else's chair? <laughs> it's close. It's when he, instead of sitting on a chair like a normal human, he swings his leg over top oh, of it to sit yeah. down. Pretty yeah, pretty much the coolest way you can sit down in a chair, in my opinion. Yeah, it's very swaggy. Yeah, it's um, pretty sweet. The last concept I want to do before we jump into this uh, meat of the episode here is: Are you familiar with the term Riker's beard? No. So I'm you're not. still in season one, then? Is that what? Yes. I'm, So Riker's beard is a term that's the opposite of jump the shark and it's the point at which a show becomes good because in season two you've probably seen stills of Jonathan Frakes the actor who plays Riker grows a goatee and for the rest of the show that's that's what he rocks and a lot of people signal season two is the beginning of uh, kind of the rising
2: action for for the series so
0: yeah it's growing the beard right yeah doesn't bode
2: well for my life uh currently (laughs) still can't grow one of those bad boys
0: oh no yeah Uh, luckily i got i got mine but still didn't help out that much so let's go ahead and we're going to kind of jump into uh the general discussion on the next generation normies catch us on the other side engage All right, we are back and we are talking the next generation. I quickly want to kind of run through a little brief history. So the original series ran and ended in 1969. So this came back in 1987. So we're looking at nearly 20 years without Star Trek on television. And the original series, along with Enterprise, share the distinction of being the only Star Trek series to get canceled before their natural conclusion. So as popular tos was for its time it did get canceled and it was almost 20 years before we got more star trek and then this ran for seven seasons it overlapped with ds9 and spun that off led into voyager so this kind of really was the revival of trek and pop culture and many people including my opinion um it is the definitive version of what star trek is you know it's that diplomacy and the best version of humanity um and that's just kind of what I wanted to set up as far as the history. But let me ask you, Adam, uh, so far, like, what, what are you enjoying about TNG? Um, just at a broad generalization.
2: Uh, well, my favorite thing is that, that uh, none of the characters at all seem perfect. Uh, there's definitely hasn't been many moments so far where I'm like, Picard, you got it all under control. You know, you're like in charge. It all seems like an achievable level. Uh, of greatness like, i feel like i could be on that deck and contribute and that i would be balanced out by the the strengths of my my well, maybe cohorts. if you
3: could graduate starfleet you know it's starfleet well, yeah. academy
2: well i just learned Pretty getting prestigious in school. Is, is not not easy because yeah, old, old wesley didn't even get in on his first try man this is a, <laughs> yeah.
0: that guy's a mary sue oh man i gotta ask you what you think about wesley please tell me
3: first <laughs> well, impressions
2: well, I was watching an episode drinking a stone woot stout okay. and I really didn't know who Will Wheaton was. Um I mean I've I've heard him on podcasts and pop yeah. up here and there. And then I looked down at my beer and I looked at the child on screen and I was like, Wait a second, I think that man made the beer I'm drinking right now.
0: <laughs> uh, I had no idea he worked with stone on a beer and I like I like the stone products, please sponsor us. <laughs> Um,
2: Every year they make a uh, nerdy uh, labeled beer. Um, One of them was an H.R. Giger themed alien-esque bottle. One was a Star Wars bottle. I know you're an alien fan too. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much only watched Alien and Star Wars and Blade Runner growing (laughs) up. Uh, But I don't know. I'm not really a big fan of child acting or or children. I'm not good with them. But uh, he's been passable so far. He hasn't annoyed me yet.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask uh, Joe and Jacob. Let, let's start with Joe then. What What do you like about TNG for the Normies?
1: Uh, I, I like the hitch in the wagon aspect of it. I like that every single episode, they're, they're morality tales, but they're a little more gray than they were in TOS, right? And I think that's why I never really clicked with that series and didn't feel the need to watch it, because it was kind of like, literally like, One race has half white face and half black face. Literally, they're black (laughs) and white. Some of those episodes. (laughs) This has a lot more uh, finesse to it. And like, I think it asks a lot of really interesting questions. And, you know, like Adam said, none of the characters are perfect, but at the same time, they're all willing to admit their faults. Like, at first, I thought it would be really boring to watch a show where, like, What if everyone just like said how they felt and communicated properly, Um, but it really grows on you. It really is kind of refreshing to see and it leads to a lot of like honest moments that aren't forced and that's that's nice to see.
0: Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Jacob, what do you enjoy about TNG? And then I want to do um, is I'm going to jump in and we're going to look at our bridge crew, look at our cast, and then we'll break down yeah. some characters. But what do you like first, in general? First, I
3: wanted to, uh, when we were on the subject of Wesley, I wanted to give you a fun fact there, Adam. Let's go. Uh, so, Will Wheaton, this year, is the same age that, uh, uh, what's his name, the uh, Patrick Stewart, was when he first played Picard in season one.
0: Huh.
2: Huh.
0: That is a fun so thing about
3: that. So it's been feel you know, old yet. Yeah, feel old yet.
1: That kid. I still can't is grow a like beard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so a little fun
3: fact there. I can't really imagine current day Will Wheaton uh, being in the same position that Picard was, but uh, uh, Patrick Stewart kind of looked old at a young age, so it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, TNG, what I really like about it, it's like what, what they said as well. Um, I agree with everything Joe and Adam said. Um, and also, you know, when I was first getting into it, I really, it wasn't what I expected. Uh, it was a little different than what I expected. And what really struck me was I thought the kind of techno babble and stuff, like I thought that wouldn't, I thought that would be boring to me. Uh, but it actually, it's kind of, it's, it's really interesting. It's kind of soothing because they have the kind of you know after a while you're watching so many episodes and you kind of understand what they're talking about more and more like when they're talking about the portney cells and and all that stuff like you're kind of getting the the vocabulary of and it's it's to me like it really is like they're on a ship and it takes like hundreds of people to control this giant Behemoth that they're they're piloting around the space, and it's not like one person can has just has a steering wheel and just steering. Like there's like a lot of things that go into, and if all the pieces aren't working together in harmony, it doesn't work right. And so, just the idea of like problem solving and and um, just fixing things like that, like I think that's a really interesting aspect of it.
1: When you get to the end of the series, the second to last episode on Netflix is actually just a documentary, a TV documentary about the show. And cool. one of my favorite sections was talking to the writers who are responsible for the techno babble and like how they go about making it. So it's a way that makes sense scientifically, but also yeah. makes these unrealistic things realistic. Really right. interesting stuff. Yeah. Oh, and cool. it's
3: kind of like you could, um, like, you could listen to it and be like, oh, I don't know what that means. But also, if you do know what it means, and it, it actually does make sense, like, literally. Like, they're just not r- just throwing random words together. Like, it actually makes sense for the different things that they're doing on the ship, right?
0: That's probably why I get uh, ripped off every time I go to the mechanic because they just say words that sound convincing, and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. carburetor." <laughs> right. It's like many... the
3: more episodes you watch, the better you
2: understand. It, it. it
0: grows on you, Adam. How do you, how do you feel about the techno babble? Have you been inundated by it yet? Are you kind of...
2: Um, I feel like I I haven't heard too much of it yet. I, I did read that only one writer survived the first season. Um, apparently mm. there was a lot of turmoil. And so most of them left. So maybe those those techno babble guys weren't there yet. But mm. I, I do like uh, like Jacob was saying. I like the idea of this ship that's complicated, and that they it, they do feel kind of way out there in space and on their own. So yeah. many of the situations they're just kind of outgunned, and it's like, well, we better talk our way out.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, it literally reminds me of like an old battleship, like all the different you know you have different ranks and different jobs and like i think that's pretty much what it was based on right it was like these battleships and like world war ii or whatever and like Mm -hmm. just you each person has their own role and like they're an expert at their role and
0: just making their ship work in harmony there's a strict org chart for sure and like even the very first episode where it opens with q and he puts all of humanity on trial it really sets the stakes of like you humans are like insignificant and you could be snapped out of existence. Yeah. And, and like just the fact that like, yeah, you are out in the wilderness and you are in constant danger. And it's just up to you and your crew to maintain the safety of the thousands of people that you have on the ship. It's uh, it's a good setup.
1: Yeah. Since, uh, since we've done the first episode, I actually got Cassie into it and did another watch through with her. And it was mm-hmm. her first time. And I like, I remember when we were going to start, I was like, all right, the, the pilot's like, it's a bit of a pill to swallow. You just got to like hang on long. there. Yeah. Um, Q comes out like being carried and she was like, oh no, I'm sold. I'm in a hundred percent.
3: Well, it is a weird way to start off a sci-fi show if you think about it, because they go... You know, they get beamed to Q's planet or wherever, and there's all these weird costumes. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I thought this was about a spaceship.
0: It's like a medieval trial. Yeah. Yeah. But then they solve it through diplomacy and reason and rationale. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, this is a very different crew and a very different captain mm-hmm. than we've had in the original series. So I think it's a very clever, if not strange setup, but it accomplishes yeah. what it needs to. Um, how about we talk about this crew here, right? Um, I'm I'm just going to go down real quick. We got Captain Picard. We got First Officer William Riker. We have the ship's psychologist, uh, Deanna Troy. We have Crusher, the doctor. We have Geordi LaForge, our engineer. Data is our ops. Then we have Tasha Yar for security. And we have Will Wheaton, you know, Wesley Crusher, uh, hanging out as a child. And then eventually we do get Worf as a security officer. But for now, he's just a regular bridge officer. Um, Besides that, there's plenty of other supporting characters. Let me go around and start with uh, our guest here. Who is like a character that really stands out to you so far? Who's a character that you, you like? You know, you know what's, What strikes you about the cast? How do you feel about this crew?
2: Well, I probably should have mentioned earlier that when I was very young, I remember idolizing Jordy, even without seeing much of the show. Just whatever was around peripherally that I took in, I wanted to be Jordy so badly. All, all it was was those glasses, I'm sick. sure. It but did, yeah, and I when thought you were... it was very cool.
3: When you were a kid, did you realize that Jordy was the same guy from Reading Rainbow? Yeah, you've been Reading, I, I reading do Rainbow remember,
2: fan. Yeah, I was a Reading Rainbow fan, yeah, and, and I do remember great. learning that, and that being one of the first things. It was like, oh, actors are actors. <laughs> 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 like You mean Jordy is someone else too? I think I probably had trouble processing that. Yeah, yeah, but. that's true. Love, uh, Jordy, and I'm very entertained by, uh, maybe entertains the wrong word. I'm intrigued by Deanna. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah Deanna, Deanna Troy. Troy. Yeah. I, I like her function, uh, in the crew. You would uh, need
0: a psychologist on this type of long space journey, right? Yeah. And it's cool because as a
3: Zoid, she can kind of half read Betazoid. the emotions. Yeah. Half Zoid, She <laughs> can read the emotions of the other crew and that probably helps her in her
0: career. And, yeah, I think that's cool that there's, like, mental health, we consider that important. (laughs) Well, let me ask you something else, Adam.
3: Have you seen any of the uh, Deanna Troy's mom episodes yet?
2: No, I have not. Oh, well. Oh, Oh, yes, I have. I take that back. I take that back. There was a a big marriage uh, scare. There was an episode, and, um, yeah, her mom's pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, She's pretty (laughs) out there, yeah. Loxana. And
3: that is, uh, the actress that plays her is... Gene Roddenberry's wife, uh, the oh. late, late Gene Roddenberry, um, who was involved in a lot of ways in Star Trek, but she had a reoccurring role as Deanna Troy's mom.
0: She was also the voice of the computer for the early TOS and stuff. So, um, And yeah, we probably should have mentioned, Gene Roddenberry made this, everyone. Hello, Ninja DeNormi. <laughs> Fun facts. Um, all right. So I, I love Geordi, too. Friend of the show, X-Kaita, also is a big Geordi LaForge fan. We used to watch a lot of episodes. Uh, Joe, uh, favorite character, character that stands out?
1: Um, you know, I think this is the, the single toughest show to lock down a favorite mm. character. Uh, every single character works so well in tandem with the others. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to my man, Data. I love nice. the, the yeah. Pinocchio aspect of it, but also I think he's just a great example of how these characters all relate to each other because his relationship with uh, the Forge is like a really great quirky friendship. But then you also have moments of like tension between him and Riker, and and how he relates to Picard, and even Deanna Troy, like trying to be more human and understand that. I I think he's a great tie to make it all work because it's so easy to have him like, you know, communicate with people so uh, openly.
0: Yeah, and so directly. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I love Data.
0: Yeah, I'm a Data fan as well. Jacob, character that you think stands out.
3: Well, I think this worked out pretty well because I, I, I love Geordi and Data as well. But I'm going to go with the, I think, probably most obvious answer and say Picard is clearly the best character and also the best actor on the show by far. And I think like, I mean, obviously, Patrick Stewart is like a great actor and he just really brings a gravitas to the role that is just like really brings it up a whole level, I think.
0: You mean to tell me that I didn't do a great job <laughs> capping the enterprise?
3: <laughs> no, I mean no offense to uh, William Shatner or anyone else. Oh no, but, he's uh, a
1: listener, man. He's offended. <laughs> Priceline. But
3: no, I just I, I just love Patrick Stewart and Picard is just such a great character because he's not the traditional Kirk like go in guns blazing or whatever. He's a very you know, analytical, like kind of cerebral kind of guy. He'd rather talk about your problems than go in guns blazing. And I think that's a really refreshing take on the captain of a spaceship role.
0: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Well, if this was the TNG fantasy draft, I would have had all my picks snaked by now. It's really (laughs) tough to be at the back end here. Um, so I guess I'll just kind of, uh, Mentioned like, like I really like Worf's dynamic among the cast. I mean, I love Picard; he's probably my favorite. Riker's kind of a miss for me. Like I think he's all right, but like, yeah, um, I think
3: they kind of try to give him the because Picard is is not the traditional like Kirk. They try to make Riker the Kirk, but then it doesn't always work, right?
0: Yeah, he's like kind of the womanizer. He's like the more like uh, more emotional, quick to action. And, you know, Picard's there to temper that. That's why Picard's in charge. And they did kind of want that Kirk pretty boy guy. And that's why he didn't have a beard in the uh, first season. Right. Um, But I do enjoy Worf as being, you know, a Klingon who was raised on Earth and is in Starfleet. And he kind of wrestles with his identity. There's some really good story arcs with him kind of balancing his Klingon side and that heritage. But he was raised by humans on Earth. So it's like it's kind of an interesting thing.
3: Yeah, I love Worf as well, and he even gets developed further. Obviously, he goes over to DS9, and um, I think his his character really grows in DS9 as well. Not to throw that in there. We need but. to take
1: a drink every time DS9 comes <laughs>
3: It's just the Bloodborne of Star Trek.
1: Right, I want right. to throw so, it out there. Um, you know, yep. Riker didn't get a ton of love, obviously, but Jonathan Franks has been really involved in Star Trek I love him. even beyond... Um, Factor fiction uh yeah. beyond nice. the tng uh era because he's i You're mean wrong. he's directing episodes now yeah he's, he, yeah, of, he's directed uh, discovery, discovery and
3: oh cool he's even he's directed episodes of discovery and the orville which is seth MacFarlane's like yeah. take on star
1: trek and he's um, uh you could go on a cruise next year with him uh a star trek themed cruise that jonathan Vance oh, is gonna be on
2: throw me one of those sideways smiles i'd i'd be there I'd, <laughs> I'd melt all over that deck just just put his leg up on my beach chair
0: <laughs> yeah i mean he he cut his chops while like directing star trek episodes i mean he even yeah. did um first contact this tng movie so um yeah. yeah he really um got his feet wet and spun his wheels with this series um so i gotta give him a lot of respect how about we go ahead and we take a quick break We come back, let's talk about some of the weird uh, supporting characters, then we'll talk least favorite characters and then maybe we'll just talk about some episodes, guys
2: Sounds yeah, good. Let's do it Sweet.
0: Alright, let me just reroute the powers through the dilithium matrix and to the port nacelles
1: Yeah, I get those port nacelles Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be uh,
2: $1,458 I'm just gonna look at this touch <laughs> panel and pretend I know what I'm doing
3: Did you ever notice that they're always saying port nacelle? What about the starboard
0: nacelle? Why is it always the port nacelle? Why does
3: it give That's us no love
0: on the starboard side? They're all starboard side. We're in space. Uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of things that don't get as much love as they should, you know, let's uh, throw it to the starboard nacelle of crew members. You know, there's actually some really good like minor characters that I love, too. Is there anybody besides like the bridge crew that you've met, Adam, in your early viewings? I know it's still uh, season one for you, um, but I think there's a just thousand people living on this
2: ship. Has anybody stood out to you that's not like, you know, kind of up on the bridge all the time? Oh, man. Yeah, this is this is playing with my my awful memory for sure. Um... You know, I, I think I'm gonna cop out of this and maybe just say that I really like the Ferengi so far, uh, just from a design aesthetic. I love their ships. Oh, I I love their their um their heads. (laughs) Their Um, ears. But I don't think I'm gonna be able to recall a name.
0: Okay, gotcha. So it's still been the main crew right now. That's where most of the stuff's
1: happening. If you like, I'm gonna hit you with uh, a show you could watch. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a fun fact that'll say DS9, Jacob, so don't yeah. worry. Uh, <laughs> the actor who is the first Ferengi on screen, first time we see him in Star Trek is TNG, uh, mm-hmm. will go on to play the Ferengi we all know and love, Quark, from DS9. It's actually the same actor. Uh, Armin wow, Man, that's so yeah. rad. Who is the principal in uh, in Buffy, the principal Snyder character.
0: Oh. Yeah, and the Ferengi Very were cool. actually like introduced to TNG to be like the main villain like like the Klingons were in TOS they didn't really catch but they did kind of have that revitalization in star trek deep space nine um <laughs> so th- if you like them you you'll like deep space nine because they're heavily featured they get a big cultural expansion
2: um yeah, they're, they're yeah i feel they're a little two-dimensional right now uh, i've just been expecting them to grow because definitely the episodes i've seen they're they're just purely you know yeah they crawling s- around acting weird and <laughs> like being pretty evil they definitely but- get
3: developed a lot more later and i was gonna say like what I find so interesting about the Ferengi is their culture is like totally reprehensible. Like maybe one of the worst, like if I could choose any Star Trek race to be, that's the last one I choose, but they're basically hyper capitalist, um, misogynists. Like that's their main two things is they don't have equal rights for <laughs> women. And, they're super women capitalist. and We love
1: money. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot in the first season so far of like, you let women be on your ship like that's yeah. that's come up on uh, and like across multiple they episodes. have a law
3: where uh, women can't wear clothes in their culture so
0: or own property yeah it's weird well, but yeah so there's that through line carries through
3: but what's interesting <laughs> is that even though they have such the, this totally awful like reprehensible culture they actually get developed a lot in deep space nine and you actually grow to love these ferengi characters who have like deep flaws within their society but kind of cool
0: yeah, I think we should definitely open this up too. I think, Adam, you pulled a good yarn there where we should open up the like, the, the side like favorite characters to like also if there's any alien races that show up mm. in the series. Uh, can I throw it to you, Joe, then? Any side characters or um, new um, alien races that we meet?
1: Y- you know, he's not one of my favorites, but I think it's just such an interesting character. Can we talk about Barkley for a
2: minute? Oh, oh that's that's <sighs> what, that was mine. Yep. I hate Barkley. Are you familiar with Barkley, Adam? <laughs> uh, not yet.
0: So, minor spoiler wall, but, I mean, you, you no mentioned worries. off-pod that you're okay with this. It came out in 1987, after all.
2: Yeah, and also the, the trailer for the Picard series, which I had been avoiding to some degree, gave me a, a big old spoiler. So oh, yeah, for the I'm end of Nemesis and, and
0: stuff. Or, yep, I know what you're talking about. But, so, Joe, let's jump into Barkley. Kind of set up for Adam and the listeners at home who might not know who Barkley is. Maybe yes. people know Picard, but bring us in.
1: <laughs> so, Barkley is a nervous... Uh, hypochondriac who doesn't really speak up at all, but then in the holodeck is like King of the fucking castle and like <laughs> creates all of these, uh, elaborate three musketeers esque adventures where like, he's the hero and Deanna Troy's in love with him and all of the bridge crew are a bunch of dummies and he's the best. Um, yeah, but I think awesome. he's, I think he's fascinating cause beyond you know he shows up here and there in tng and then fucking like a decade later you see him in voyager and deanna troy is still his shrink and he's like meeting up with her and that's just like man the the fucking continuity of this is insane and he's still obsessed with like holodeck technology and living in a fantasy and he basically is like Making deep fakes of his coworkers.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it,
2: it's really weird.
0: I gotta say, I don't like Barkley as a character at all. I mean,
3: it's I I like what they did with him, but he's just, like I think like in the first episode where you meet him, I think the crew tries too hard to like you know Broccoli. accept him yeah like they they should just kick him off the ship because he's he's a piece of shit how did he get yeah, on the flagship
0: of the of the federation right, yeah. right well
3: apparently like he is like really good at one specific thing right but he's he's just a total wreck in every other way but just the fact that you're like that's the creepiest thing you can do is just to have a fantasy world where you're using real people like appearances like that's like very very creepy to do
1: well and like while we're talking question. about the, the holodeck and that, and reoccurring characters. I mean, what about the adventures of Sherlock Holmes and uh, uh, moriarty, moriarty yeah. yeah, I guess that's a weird side character. There's a lot of
0: Sherlock Holmes adventures, Adam. I've been introduced
2: yeah. to some of that okay. so far. The, the moment I saw it, I was like, this is gonna come back, there's gonna be more Sherlock Holmes going yeah. on here. I love it, all the holodeck episodes, to be honest. Well, that's why I
0: like Barkley, because he brings up, like, very early on after introducing the holodeck, they have a character who explores, like, the moral implications of a holodeck and how, like, it could be used in, like, the wrong way. So, Mm -hmm. I I like him for that that No, I do like,
3: yeah, what they did with him, but I just feel like they tried too hard to let him fit in, and it's just like, he's a lost cause, just get him off the ship. You know, give up, give He's up like <laughs>
1: six or seven episodes. And Jacob's like, I'm not fucking here for it. Jacob, like that do you, guy. Have, a, do you have a sleeper? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: I was going to mention. So, uh, Dr. Pulaski in season two, right? Ah, so, yes. um, so Adam doesn't know this, but in season two, uh, Dr. Crusher leaves the ship for a bit and we get Dr. She Pulaski. Yeah, she comes back, but uh, in season two we have Doctor Pulaski, who some people don't really like her very much. Um, I kind of liked her; like she was a little, you know, she she was kind of feisty, and she kind of got into it with Picard. She no got nonsense. into it with Data.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, and, I hate her. She was so mean to Data all the time <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> she
3: was kind of mean to Data, but she was also like trying to to get to know, like, and understand what and who he was. Right. I guess. I, she I do was, agree. Like,
1: cyborgist.
3: Yeah, she, maybe to a degree, but I mean, she's never met anyone like Data, so it took her some time to understand him.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess if I can jump in and throw my sleeper out there, I, I was going to say Barkley. I just, I think he's fascinating. Um, It just, th- this weird, like, psychological, like, study of, like, you know, he just has all these issues and he's very and good I mean, at one it's thing. I
1: the, the gray tones that make TNG it's so, so special, you know? I mean, that's... Okay, we got this great technology, but like some people are obsessed with it and use it in the wrong way and they live in fantasies and like how do you get them to break out of that? And like they do care it about is mental very, health and As we get into VR yeah. world, like yeah. Yeah, that's, it
3: is very prescient mm, in a way, like like there's people rather. that basically get so into World of Warcraft that they neglect their children and like don't go to the bathroom and stuff. So it is it it, it did it was very prescient, yes.
2: Oh, yep, yep. The the reason I am staying alive on this earth is so that I can enter into a VR world and never return.
0: <laughs>
3: yes.
2: Would yep. it be yep. Star Wars be or swimming. Star Trek? I, I mean, why not both? I, I think I'm probably going to go Star Wars. I just want to die in the next wing cockpit. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
0: um, I guess for like anyone that's not Barkley, um, anytime there's Klingons, like the, all the arcs with the Klingon homeworld and Picard oh, yeah. kind of being an arbiter for their legal process is so great.
3: Absolutely. I love the Klingons again.
0: You, you get a lot of development from their culture in this and in deep space nine. Uh, <laughs> so the Klingons really get fleshed out in this too. I think they're at their best in, in this series. Cause the TOS ones were always a little goofy to me. They're just kind of like an allegory for Russia or something. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I, another race that I like that does get introduced in TNG is the Cardassians right and we get the there are four lights episode oh. with Picard oh,
0: yeah they are espionage based they do torture they're very sneaky sneaky and quite dangerous the Romulans yeah. were introduced in TOS they make an appearance as well Romulans um, great. lots of good new aliens there's the guys that look like fish and like Wesley's oh, academy yeah. mates but you could go on forever
2: yeah I like that guy I liked his <laughs> academy mate that that's he right through yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really into
3: the bolians they're the blue guys with the thing the seam down their face those guys are nope. great
0: yep yep um, so I guess for now that's kind of our, our characters I want to ask Adam now um, what's a character that you do not like so far
2: um the the current uh security officer um tasha yar yeah yeah Yar. i'm forgetting her name because i know uh i was spoiled somehow looking up an imdb cast list that she doesn't stick around Mm -hmm. and i also read that she was originally reverse cast as deanna and they flipped them so i just feel like she's a little underutilized um she she also had some combat sequences that were not convincing, mm. which I'm sure is not a fault of of the actor. But there's definitely not much intimidating about the hand to hand going on that's supposed to be, you know, incredible and from learning at the holodeck.
0: Chief of security. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe. Character that kind of falls flat for you.
1: Um. I mean, that's that's tough, man, because it's such an ensemble that like. You, you always find something to love about everybody, but uh, well,
0: except for one.
1: Uh, who's who's your one? I guess.
0: <laughs> I thought there's only one answer to this question. Shut up, Wesley. Shut
1: up, Wesley. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't mind Wesley because it's not like he's. I get. I guess I do mind Wesley when there's Wesley specific episodes. Like there's definitely characters when it's like, oh great, it's a. Uh, uh, Miles O'Brien, Jordy episode. I'm just not really feeling that. I love mm-hmm. Miles in Deep Space, Nine, Deep Space Nine, but less so in, uh,
2: in <laughs> TNG. It um, yeah, he gets
1: way less to do for sure.
2: If yeah. I can stick up for Wesley just a bit, if I would have watched the show uh, as a kid, didn't have the patience, it is cool that so far his arc has just consistently been, hey, everybody, I'm right. And everyone just ignores him and continues (laughs) to be right. (laughs) Like, I do like that no one ever listens to him, even though he's a genius. Um, That seems realistic to me. And I like it.
0: Yeah. You know, I guess that's for his arc. It's pretty wild. That's one thing I do not want to spoil for you. So as you get on and you see where old Wesley ends up, it's quite fascinating. But yeah, he uh, Um, he's doing his thing.
1: I I hate that second season doctor lady, though, whose name I remember. I, I hated her. Every time I she's really like on the screen, either. it is like nails on a chalkboard for me. That's why she's not I, I remember that. when when we were watching it for the second time, Cassie's first time, she was like, oh, where the fuck is Beverly Crusher? I miss Beverly Crusher. And I was like, yeah, I forgot about this. I hate this lady. <laughs> I'm sorry that she's here. Uh, Jacob, character See,
3: that falls flat. I was going to say um, my least favorite in the main ensemble is Dr. Crusher. Yeah. Huh. Um, So I guess it's a hot take that I like Pulaski. I'm a Pulaski truther, but uh, Crusher, I just feel like she doesn't really have much to do in a lot of the episodes. And like, yeah, she's the doctor, but, and she has some like quasi relationship stuff with Picard. Right. But other than that, I just feel like her character doesn't have much to it. Um, So I would, I mean, and I like the whole cast, so I'm just saying from my least favorite is probably
0: Crusher.
1: It's like my least favorite nitpicking.
0: Yeah, my least favorite TNG character is probably higher up on my list of, like, you know, shows that...
1: Than any Voyager character? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, my least favorite TNG character is better than any Voyager character. Except... Janeway.
3: Janeway. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say one thing. It's not a character, but one thing I really hate is one-episode love interest characters. Like, anytime there's a one-episode love interest with any character... It's always terrible. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Well, speaking it of episodes, reminds, Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it reminds, reminds you too much of your own life. You know? <laughs>
0: oh, <no. laughs> He's trying to I get that, it back long. Well, they won't they we're going to need to get uh, Pulaski in here for the yeah. burn. Oh, no.
3: Yeah, that was a good burn. But no, it's just like when any time there's like, oh, this character is going to be in a love thing with Riker for one episode. But you know it's not going to last no, because they're, gonna they're not in the rest of the show. So, Well, let's yeah. go
0: ahead and jump on. Let's talk about some favorite and worst episodes because there's a particular one arc love interest involving a ghost that is high on my list for uh, worst episodes. <laughs> oh, my
3: God. Involving my least favorite character.
0: All right. On uh, the other Irish side of this, we're going to be talking... <laughs> (laughs) episodes TNG We're back. We're talking the next generation. That's right. My favorite Star Trek. Many of yours favorite. Who knows? We're going to go through it. We just talked favorite and least favorite characters and now we're going to kind of look at episodes. Uh, favorite and least favorite episodes. Adam, again, as the guest, you're kind of just getting your feet wet. So far, is there an episode that stood out to you that you've enjoyed uh, more than the others?
2: Uh, data Datalore um, oh, data showed good, up. Um, as soon as uh, lore came out of someone's mouth, there was some weird part of my body that shuddered and maybe i'd read something on reddit maybe a creepy pasta or something but mm. i knew things were about to get weird and creepy i also uh i like it when weird all-powerful beings show up um in this series cute again i cute. like that they're yeah i like that they're outgunned and whatever that crystalline um the god crystalline meant. entity oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I just realized we never mentioned Q as a favorite supporting character. You know character. what? Yeah, he deserves it.
1: I think Q is awesome. He probably um, is
3: my favorite supporting character.
1: Yeah, Those are some of my favorite episodes is whenever Q shows up, I know I'm going to be like, oh, okay, this is going to be a fun one. And yeah. you're going to get a ton of like gif moments from it that you always saw. And you're like, oh, that's from this
2: episode. Right. What a great gig to get playing Q. Like I know I'm going to show up. Consistently, probably throughout the series, mm-hmm. um, don't have to show up to work every day, just be awesome every once in a while. Yeah, shout out Fan to John favorite. Delance, he John does DeLancey. a great job. Yeah,
0: yeah Delancey. Um, so, yeah, Q. I guess that's the end of this. Any other episodes that set out for you besides Data Lore? I love the the name because data is like facts and lore is speculation, and they're on the opposite ends of you know the Pinocchio spectrum.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I'd say that's firmly one of my favorites um, so far. The, there have been there have been other highlights, but they're all kind of kind of even keeled at this point. Fair enough. Even keeled the wrong word,
0: <laughs>
2: but, but you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I got it. I got gotcha. you, Joe. Uh, favorite episode?
2: Um,
1: you know, we talked about one episode love interest that we don't like. Mm-hmm. I like the one where she's she shows up in a couple episodes, but she's like an archaeologist and takes Indiana Picard oh, yeah. on an Indiana Jones episode. Yeah. I love that. that. Is, yeah. Um and that is a good the one. um I think it's Symbiosis. It's like the end of season one. I think that's the I think that's what it's called, where you get the little buggies.
3: Oh yeah, the where it's like the conspiracy and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's invasion of the body snatchers. I think that's just a really well done episode.
0: Oh that yeah, is, um, it, it infiltrates straight up to the top of Starfleet, mm-hmm. and they got to figure yeah. out
1: yeah who's and a that one human some, and who's not. Some surprisingly all of the graphic. graphic too. Oh yeah, and the 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 effects are incredible. I mean, it's almost like creature feature esque. I yeah. love all the holodeck episodes, obviously, but I tell you what, I hate all the time traveling episodes. you don't like going to san francisco (laughs) no i don't like when they go to fucking san francisco i don't like when they go to the old west i don't like when they're (laughs) like i hate all of that you know But we have all these sets
0: on the universal back paramount back lot and we gotta use them you can fucking keep them
1: man i love the alternate timelines hate the the past episodes (laughs) anytime they're in the past i'm like oh brother (laughs) oh fair enough jacob favorite episode um, yeah, well there, I have one that
3: I'm not going to mention cause I'm predicting that it's going to be yours and it's actually one that, uh, you recommended me when I first started watching and I watched it and that's what really sold me on getting more into Star Trek. Cause I was like, Oh, oh man, that's yeah. I think you're gonna, you're gonna say it. So, but, uh, for me, um, I was going to say to Adam too, it's a shame that you're only on season one because for me overall, that's by far the most hit or miss season. And I think it, the show just gets, like you said, growing the beard, it gets consistently way better after season one. Mm-hmm. Um, just like after a beard, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So a standout episode for me is, uh, I believe it's called yesterday's enterprise and, uh, it's kind of an alternate reality enterprise where things are a little different and no one really r- realizes it except for Guinan and, uh, involves Tasha Yar. She comes back and makes an appearance. Um, and that to me was like a really good episode. Cause when the when it actually changes to this alternate reality, even the lighting changes and it's more like a very dramatic lighting and it's like the battle ready enterprise. And it's just a really great episode.
1: That's probably my favorite rewatch episode. Um, My first viewing, it was like, Oh, this is crazy. My second viewing, it was with Cassie seeing it for the first time and like catching all those extra details and watching her reaction to it all where, you know, what's going really cool. And also, like, I like you know, it. the implications for what it set up down the line.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. And it's good to, to see uh, the actress come back. But, um, it's, it's an interesting way to do kind of the mirror, mirror, like the mirror universe that Star yes. Trek does a lot of. Uh, TNG never really did a proper mirror universe, but right. Yesterday's Enterprise is an interesting way to flirt with that idea. so Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. The only way you get the mirror universe in TNG is in the comic books, actually. So you can you can see what it's like in the mirror universe, uh, but only in print. Never on screen, right? Yeah.
3: DS9 does have you.
1: The, uh, yeah. The and every Enterprise other, and every
3: TOS other series Voyager. does really. Yeah. Um, it the and then of course there's, uh, you know, Darmok, uh, the Classic. one where, you know, um, Picard lives his whole life where he like plays the flute and stuff. That's a really good one. That's
0: called The Inner Light. Yep, that one's yeah, great.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, the classics. You know They're on um, the top
0: ten list if you Google best you yeah. know, TNG episodes. And also,
3: I have to mention all the Borg episodes because anytime the Borg are there, it's good stuff. And especially, I'm talking about I, Borg, the one where they um, are able to capture a, a single Borg and kind of... Um, get him to become more human. It's really interesting.
0: More of an individual. Yeah. There's so many good themes with these. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and just mention, like Jacob said, my favorite episode and I I watch it, you know, at least once a year is the measure of a man. That's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to set it up for Adam without spoiling it, because it's such a cool episode, a scientist from Starfleet comes, sees how awesome data is. And it's like, yo, we need to like, take this thing apart and like make more of them because they would be really useful and then what it spurs is a trial in which Picard has to argue that Data is a sentient being that has human rights and Riker is tasked with being the opposition even though he doesn't want to be he has to make a fair so it's this is Data sentient and what what, how do you give things human rights you know it's, it's really fascinating like what is an android's rights and just that dialogue, like, in a bubble is, like, what TNG is to me. Um, similar to, like, yeah, finding a right. single Borg. Like, how do we bring humanity? Is this thing human? Like, that kind of, what is humanity, right? And what is the best of humanity? What is the worst of humanity? I think those questions are the things that Star Trek uh, TNG does the best at bringing to, to the light.
1: And um, yeah, all of those really episodes good. hit that that gray morality, right? And you have to see imperfect characters who, yes, they communicate, but, like... Sometimes they're put in positions where they don't want to have to communicate the way they do.
0: And like, how do you feel about this?
1: Yeah. There are some heartbreaking moments in a uh, measure of a man. Really great episode, yeah. really great television in general. Honestly, that episode is so good. That could be like
3: a feature length movie and it would win like best picture Oscar or something. Yeah. I mean, it so could well be, done. you
1: know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington or 12 angry yeah. men in space. I mean, it really is incredible.
3: Mm-hmm. And those courtroom scenes are just excellent acting and stuff, too.
0: That's yeah. Um, so beyond that, uh, you guys have any, um, Adam, is there any episode that kind of fell flat for you? Um,
2: um, there was uh, episode four, which I've seen discussed extensively online as being one of the worst episodes in Star Trek, period, the end. Uh, it just kind of it, it just made me feel weird. It's dealing with a kind of backwards race of people, and uh, it's just a little messy and icky, and maybe not doesn't age perfectly well. But yeah, uh,
0: code of honor, yeah.
2: Stay away from that since it seems to be touched on pretty heavily. uh, There was some episode I watched where they had to age a guy up um, extensively so they could de age him later. Um, It's someone who's. Uh, you know, take say serum that makes him young again. And I, I don't do well with actors that have been aged up, partially because the first half of the episode, I was like, why didn't you just get an old man to play this character? Yeah. And then it clicked uh. in my head. Oh, yeah, they got to cut his makeup off at some point. So that one took me out a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Joe,
1: any uh, any kind of bottom episodes here before we take the thing to wrap? Um, a weird one that's not a bottom episode, but I've seen other people call it a bottom episode that I love, uh, Captain Picard Day. I think oh. that is when oh, I like they're that having, one, yeah. they're having so much fun at that point. And I feel like certain people are just like, oh, I don't want it to be fun. And it's like, no, I love it. I love isn't, like, him being like, I'm a role model. Like those are some of my favorite moments. Isn't I that the when, one where
3: he, with the archeologist lady, or is that a different one where they go to Ryza? I,
1: no i think that's a different is is that that one picard's
3: picard's vacation or something no picard day is no, where they're no, celebrating no, no, no. picard
0: for being a great oh. captain
1: yeah oh yeah.
3: okay i don't I, I guess i haven't seen that one. the kids it's make all, like cards all the kids on the shit. ship
1: yeah are like they they just want to like meet the captain because oh. like it really plays on the idea that like yeah they're on this big fucking ship and like some of them probably never meet the captain right and like some of the you kids know they're like born oh, on it's, the ship it's Captain Picard Day, and he's like, oh, I fucking hate that. I don't want to do that at all. And then Starfleet shows up and is like, we need to do really serious Starfleet stuff. And there's like, you know, a big banner with his name on it. That and sounds... He, he does not
0: like children. I don't know if you've been introduced to this, Adam, but he, yeah. like, that's his thing. That's know? another
1: thing I like about it. Yeah, him. I like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. how much disdain he that. has
3: for <laughs> Wesley.
1: For so sure. that's one of those ones that other people don't love so much, but I, I think it's just really funny. Gotcha. Jacob,
0: did you get to throw out one of the ones that kind of
1: fell flat for you? Um,
3: no, um, I guess mainly it would be ones from early on, like season one. Adam, it's a good thing that you're liking so many season one because it honestly only gets better from there. Um, and But I think there are really some... Some hit or miss ones. Like sometimes they just go to a planet and it's like, oh, this is the Irish planet. These are just
0: Irish people, but they yeah. live on this planet, <laughs> but they live here. Yeah. But, you know? That's really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're like 1890s Irish people. It's not. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, but for me, so some of those, some of the season one and some in season two are a little mediocre in terms of what's going on in the episode. I think season two uh premiere was one that i really didn't like at all um to give you a brief description it's where uh deanna troy gets impregnated by some mysterious oh, alien yeah, that's a force fucking weird one yeah. yeah um yeah that one just didn't work for me uh that sounds
2: like two of my favorite things deanna <laughs> troy and alien impregnation that's yeah that. that's <laughs> what the alien
0: movies are all about right force <laughs> yeah. alien impregnation but no, it is really
3: not as interesting as I made it sound probably because it's just like this light that like <laughs> goes in there and they don't really do much interesting with it. And it's just kind of slow and boring. Um, yeah. So those kind of episodes, I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> so Jake is like, yeah. fuck
1: that episode.
0: Yeah. Before we get to the wrap here. Yeah. My, my least favorite is probably the one that involves a romance with a ghost and and uh, Dr. Crusher. I- I think That's we a can great one. Leave and that the ghost there. is
1: like banging all of the women in her family forever. in right? <laughs> her family
0: tree, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like there for like her great aunt's funeral or something like that. Yeah. And then like falls in love with a ghost that was like, yeah, you know, I used to be with your great aunt. But and she's kind of into you know. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. She goes
0: for it. Yeah. It's weird. So it doesn't sound skippable to me. (laughs) No, definitely (laughs) not skippable. You should watch it. But, um, other stuff that falls flat for me is just, um, there's not a lot really. It's, it's just any like of those crap, uh, one-off romances and the rest don't really stand out. Um, as far as anything that I, I absolutely hate. Um, I definitely hate uh, Skin of Evil, which you guys know that is Adam. You'll get oh, there. Oh, yeah. It's just so low budget and weird. Um, but that's an early season episode, so I can forgive it because it really does pick up after season two. Yeah. Um, so oh, most,
3: most Wesley episodes early on, I don't like as well. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Like Wesley. there's the one with the being where he can make the ship travel
0: really fast. and The traveler, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't the like traveler really fast ship.
0: Yeah, he, what does he do? He travels. Uh, there's some really good ones too, just last and mention before we get to the wrap. It's like the guy who pretends he's from the future, but he's not. And that's he has an one agenda. That episodes. one's fun. So that's something the, to keep an eye yeah, on yeah, for yeah. Um, Anyway, that's kind of been our top and bottom episode. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get our final thoughts on uh, the next generation where we're at. And we'll catch you again on the other side of the wormhole. That's a Deep Space Nine reference.
1: Deep Space Nine. <laughs>
0: Engage. We are here to wrap up the end of the TNG episode. We would like to thank our guest Adam and bring in our final thoughts. Guys, any other uh, kind of mentions we want to talk about as far as um, TNG? I mean, you know, any video game shoutouts, comic shoutouts? I know we normally do those segments, but this is a little bit more free-flowing this week. If there's anything we want to get in there, uh, now's the time, everybody.
2: Um, is there a shuttle... Is there ever going to be a shuttle? Does enterprise have a shuttle? I think shuttlecraft. Shuttle. Yeah. They got shuttles. Yeah. So they got, they shuttles. got numerous. I do remember spending a large amount of allowance on a shuttlecraft when mm. I was a boy. Oh yeah. And, uh, just because I thought it looked cool. In DS9, yes, they D&G. call them runabouts. Yeah. They got,
0: they got the shuttles. They have multiple shuttle bays. Uh, you know, if you need to do a little short range mission, there's a, I believe there's a bottle episode where some characters get stuck on a shuttle. Um,
1: It's Picard and Wesley.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Picard and Wesley get stranded. I
2: I was going to mention video games, but I realized I did not play a next generation game. It was a Voyager game that was a first person shooter that was just absurdly, you know, you, you killed a lot of things for being a Star Trek <laughs> Is this right an elite, elite force? Yeah, that's it. Uh, elite force. Man, it was cool. I remember somebody, you know, taking a bunch of bullets to the chest to save me so I could complete the video game. And I also played Klingon. Um, my dad and I played that, but that's also not part of the next generation. But that's right. when
0: we're shooting seems appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. make a
2: little more sense. Yeah.
0: And then Definitely. in
3: terms of video games there is Star Trek Online which is a long running MMO that kind of incorporates all the Star Treks the whole world you know. Um yeah. but you can and we that in our first
1: episode. Oh right. well, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, I tried to play that once. I installed it because it's it's free to download. I installed it. It took like 4 to 6 hours to download or to install yeah. on my computer for some <laughs> reason. And
1: you played for about 45 minutes and yeah. I installed it. Yep. Yeah. That was that was Mike and I's exact experience that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. What were I you like, though, I, Jacob? Jacob? Um, what's that? What was your character? Were you Betazoid, human?
3: Oh, I was. I was just human. But I, I do like that you can like ch- where you can pick any costume from like any like any, any uh, era. Uh, uniform from any era. So you could. They have Discovery cost uh, uniforms. They have uh, you know original series. Any anyone you want. So, but I couldn't really get into it. I got bored of the uh, opening like cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, didn't get yeah. my attention.
1: Um, you know, f- final thoughts. I think TNG really teaches you the language you need to enjoy Star uh, Star Trek.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: it's a great entry point into this type of sci-fi, which is more um, maybe analytical and and hard and sci-fi almost. Yeah, it's just it's just different. You know, it's not it's not science fantasy. It's science fiction, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the distinction. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was all about. Star Wars and and that that fantastical, like, space wizards and, and pirates, you know, and this is more, uh, space you know, like, engineers. What, if, what if we did have these things? Um, I think TNG is a great place to learn the language, and there is so much content that, like, if you're just getting into it, there's a, a fucking treasure trove, man. You got TNG, yeah. Yeah. the movies where you see those characters again, Deep Space Nine, which we've talked about, and Voyager, where you get appearances from TNG characters, and it's so nice to, like, see them show up again. Um, and you know, obviously we got stuff moving forward. So I think it's really never been a better time to be a star Trek fan because of Netflix and, and having all of these shows at your fingertips. Cause it is, there's nothing better than like marathoning these.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, because you know, I like it. My girlfriend likes it. There's hours and hours of content. I'm a hard man to please with TV and, uh, even the, even the things that maybe aren't perfect about it, I can enjoy ironically. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just looking forward to uh, seasons and seasons and then future series of uh, Star Trek.
0: Yeah, they're awesome. And CBS All Access has given Disney Plus a run for its money with the Picard series. <laughs> we'll see how that yeah. turns out. But <laughs> now is the time to binge TNG, Normies, if you haven't watched it yet. Now is the time to watch it because the Picard series will come out and you'll be ready for it. Um, yeah, Adam, I think you're really going through
3: the cycle that I went through where I started on TNG and I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I was like, oh, there's there's like four other Star Trek shows on Netflix that I can watch. And then I got in DS9, I got into Voyager, blah, blah, blah. But, it's um, really exciting. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's like a thousand hours of this TV show that's like amazing. And I've never seen it before. That's cool. Um,
2: yeah. We're to sync those cycles up someday.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to, uh, and I think like not to blood in this episode, but DS9 does flow really well after, <laughs> after you finish TNG, it, it flows into <laughs> DS9 pretty well. And the continuity between all the shows other than maybe, you know, TOS, but even that has continuity too. Like it's just so well done where they have actors appearing and, and stuff like that. And also world events happening or right. continuing one of the
0: first TNG related movies was generations where you have the original crew mixing right. with the TNG crew so oh,
1: um yeah this is the first time I ever did this Um and I did it we're doing it for Buffy and Angel now too where I watched uh, congruently when the shows start overlapping and it is really fun to just see like oh you guys had to get those props out or that makeup out or that yeah. set out Um it's been really fun and then like you're more excited to see characters when they show up in like, like seeing deep space nine people show up for an episode of TNG. It's like, Oh, I just saw them last week. It's, it's, ex- it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. I've never, I've never done that before. And, uh, you know, if you're going to start a rewatch, I recommend doing that this time around. Cause it's a lot of fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And if you get to the end of TNG, Adam, there is an overlap with deep space nine. So you can do that where you kind of hop back and forth. Yeah. Actually so the when you get timeline to- sync up, yeah.
1: Even There's when two you can, season overlap.
3: Yeah, even when you start on like I think season five is when the first season of DS9 aired, so you can yeah. watch those congruently. And then once TNG ends, Voyager starts, and then you got eight DS9. more seasons or whatever. Yeah, so you can watch those all continuity um, congruently. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: and then one last plug: um, the the documentary that's the second to last episode on the Netflix version of the show. It's really fun, man. It's, it's a 45 minute long TV documentary. Jonathan Frank's taking you through the set. They go to a Star Trek convention and just to see like what that looked like in the early nineties was really fun. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend watching that documentary when you get to the end of the series. Yeah.
2: I love that kind of stuff. Awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. My last thoughts, Star Trek TNG, it's my favorite one. It's a good entry point. Even if you just watch the best episodes on the internet list and then jump around, depending on your taste. We talked about this on the last episode. I believe that was episode 16. Uh, This is going to be episode 64. Should have done a Nintendo one in hindsight, but we're okay. Um, (laughs) And I just want to say, hey, guys, thanks for being with me um, to do the episode. Adam, do you have anything you want to wrap up with? Any shout-outs? Anything you want to plug?
2: Man, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm a a big fan of the podcast. It's going to take me a while to catch up on the backlog, but you're really just doing quality work. Um, I make a Thank mediocre you. podcast called Reading Heathens, which you can get at readingheathens.com no G on that I-N-G, it's just um, uh and I know how much effort that takes, so I'm just really impressed with the operation you guys got going on
0: uh, Oh yeah, I am a
2: fan um, and check us out at it's at hostedpod on Instagram, which is um, which accumulates all of me and my buddies uh, projects let me tell you it's good stuff
0: and we'll definitely drop that into the show notes and if you go to the normieslikeus.com click on this episode and you can find adam in our uh our guests uh, category and all of his socials and info will be in there too oh fancy
2: i gotta learn how to steal that from you
0: i'll show you sometime (laughs) yeah while we're talking star wars everybody thank you again for listening to this uh redux this kind of revisit of the next generation uh we'll be back um with some more episodes for you next week and we're looking forward to getting into the next couple weeks it's going to be our halloween month that we always do and there are five weeks in october this year so get ready for five spoopy episodes thanks everyone again this has been mike joe this is jacob joe hmm? say your is, name this is joe Let's oh, take mean, that again.
3: I already <laughs> said my
1: name.
0: All right. And once again, thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to check our socials. That's Normies Like Us on Instagram, YouTube. And we will catch you next time with some great episodes. This has been Mike. Joe. This is Jacob. All right. Signing off. End program.